Praise the Lord, everybody. You may be seated. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord today. It's good to see all your smiley faces. It's good to see our snowbirds back. We miss the Bertrams. So glad they're here. Amen. Mark and Denita are back. We're, the church is just growing. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I want to give honor to my bishop and my pastor, you know, and honor to Bishop Parent who passed away, went on to his reward. He surely is in a better place, amen. And then I know that he was ready to make that journey. You know, he had, uh, <clears throat> he was ready, amen. So we thank the Lord for being mindful of that situation and taking care of that need. We've been praying for him for a while, and he just, he told everybody, he said, I'm ready to go, I'm at peace with it, and you know, he lived a life that was pleasing to the Lord, and we give honor to him tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, before I get into this message, let me just say this real quick. I feel like the Lord has laid something on my heart, and uh, I'm using some scripture, and you might think to yourself that he's stealing pastor's message. I'm not. It's just the scripture might be similar. Um, but I have a message from the Lord tonight for somebody, and... This is what I want to say before I get started. This message will change your life. And this message will be dependent upon you receiving it. If you allow it to, you will not leave this place the same way you came. You're getting bold, preacher. The Word of God is truth. Amen. And this Word that the Lord has given me to give to you it will be health to your body, it will be health to your spirit, and it will help you to be what you need to be for the Lord. Amen? Amen. Are you expecting something great? Me too. I can't wait to hear what's going to be preached tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you all stand, we're going to be turning to the book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 17. That's the New Testament scripture. It's past the halfway point. Mark eleven seventeen. Sister Sandy's going to help me out because I got a, quite a few scriptures here. Oh, Sister Kathy's helping me out. Awesome. So I got capable people back there that are going to keep me in line. I appreciate the people back there in the sound. God bless them. Amen. So we're all there. I can see it. Mark eleven seventeen. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written? My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer. He's asking a question. But you have made it a den of thieves. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. Elder, would you pray, pray for me, pray for this congregation that will be anointed to receive this word. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. And the title of my message tonight is house of prayer. 
house of prayer. And the scripture we read, Jesus speaking, was a time when Jesus was not very happy with what was going on inside the, the temple. There were some things going on that he was not pleased with. And he made a statement, a very powerful statement, and he made the statement that his house, it was written, his house, his house would be a house of prayer. Amen. Now, there's a lot of things that can be said about prayer. And this, the uh, inspiration of this message actually came Sunday when I was teaching my Sunday school class. And I don't know how I got off topic. It just happened. And I was teaching, and I, I was teaching about something totally unrelated in the book of Matthew. And uh, for some reason, we were talking about praying, praying for your enemies. I mean, who wants to do that? How many even in here are praying for those that are cutting you off, driving down the road? Brother Mark said he, it's him. He's the one that's cutting you off. Right. You know, when we think of somebody doing us wrong, probably the last thing on our mind is, I'm going to pray for that person. I mean, we pray, but we're not praying, you know, good things. Like, Lord, get, get after them. They're bad people. They need to be dealt with. They did your child wrong, right? All right the amens are getting fewer. But the, it was just talking about prayer. And I, and I got off on a tangent, and I began to talk to the kids about prayer. You know, how often are we supposed to pray? Oh, here's a few of my students up here. Uh, you were in my class, right? Not you, the one behind you. How often are we supposed to pray, Sister Chloe? Every day? Okay, like one, one hour a day, five minutes a day? All day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's very good. She was listening. And, you know, in 2 Corinthians 10, chapter 10, verses 4 through 5, it, uh, it talks about prayer being a weapon. Amen? So I don't have it in front of me. I'm hoping that we'll get this up on the board here. It says, for uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not of the flesh. You know, they're not... Uh, a sword or a shield or a, a bazooka or an army tank or a knife. It says, well, the, they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You know, and we know that prayer, prayer is a weapon, right? And when we want to fight battles, we go to prayer on our knees. And we have power in prayer. Amen. I believe that prayer has the power to uh, build up produce things, manifest God's will. Prayer has the power to manifest in our lives in, in answers to prayer. And I believe that prayer, prayer has the power to tear things down. Prayer has the power to uh, just punch a hole in, in the atmosphere and cause miracles to, 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 to be manifest in our lives. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Can I get an amen? <clears throat> you know, there are times in life when, uh, you know, we're just fighting to live, fighting to survive, just trying to keep our heads above water. You know, we're treading water, and we're just, we're just surviving, survival mode. And there's times in our life when we're fighting to, to bring victories, to conquer lands, to, to see uh, God's will done. We're fighting, you know, for victory. Amen? I'd much rather be fighting for victory than to be fighting for my life. 
I'd rather be advancing than, than retreating. But these times in our lives, they happen, and prayer is present in both of these situations. Whether we're fighting for our life, we need prayer. It's our lifeline. Or whether we're fighting devils and we're, we're advancing the kingdom of God and we're seeing souls won to the Lord, there is prayer. It's the foundation of everything we do. Some of you here today, under the sound of my voice, you're here because someone somewhere was praying for you. We can all trace it back to someone somewhere, whether it was mom and dad, grandpa and grandma, aunt, uncle, uh, friend at school. Somebody was praying for you. My Aunt Kelly prayed for me for years to, to see me darken the door of the church. She tried to trick me to get me here and everything. She did everything she could. She would just, I don't know what it was, Brother Anthony. Every once in a while, she'd just show up at my house and be like, hey, you want to go to church? Like, this is the day. I've been praying. He's going to go. And I'd be like, nah, I'm good. That's all right. And she, she was probably ready to give up on me, but she wouldn't give up on me. And she kept praying for me. And she'd even trick me and be like, hey, we're going to go to a birthday party. And all of a sudden, we're down on Lavelle Street or uh, downtown Flint where the church used to be. And it's a birthday party for a bunch of Christian girls that are running around in skirts with long hair. And I'm like, yeah, this is weird. And she's hoping that, you know, I'd be like, oh, that girl's cute, and I'll come to church with that girl. And, I mean, she's probably listening right now. I'm probably going to get in trouble, but I know, what, I know what she was trying to do. She was crafty. That didn't work because I wasn't there yet. I wasn't ready. But she was praying for me, and she didn't stop praying for me. And guess what? I'm here. I'm here. Come on. Prayer works. Whether you're praying, whether they were praying for you in the spirit or in their own understanding. We are praying for souls. When we're praying in the Holy Ghost and we're praying in, in a language we do not know and in utterances that we, we cannot make into English words, you are praying for some soul somewhere for God's will to be done. And the opposite is true. Some that have been here, that have been on these pews, are not here anymore. Because of lack of prayer, whether on their own part or maybe on the church's part. Sometimes people slip through the cracks, which is a sad, sad thing, but it happens. Most of the time it's on, it's on their own fault. You know, you have to have your own prayer life. Once you get here, you can't I can't depend on Aunt Kelly praying for me, although I know she is. You know, I have to have my own prayer life. Amen. You know, I'm not here to throw stones. I'm not saying it's our fault that, you know, somebody's not here today. But we can make a difference in somebody's life through the power of our prayer. I know that, that Brother Maynard and Sister Maynard there, I know that they are prayer, prayer warriors. And I know that they are praying for me. And I know that they are praying for individuals in this church because that's their, their ministry. That's part of, the, part of their ministry. And, and I thank God every day. I know Brother Maynard and Sister Maynard, that when I'm going through a dark time or a difficult situation, because it happens, I know that you're praying for me. And I, and I hold them accountable for that. Every time I see them, I'm like, you're praying for me, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, you know what? There's some of you under the sound of my voice that I pray for every day. I pray for you without ceasing. And I call your name to God. 
and I pray for you because I know that maybe you're going through something or maybe you're struggling or, or maybe I just, God puts a burden on my heart because God cares about you. I'm not the only one that God does that with. We are the body of Christ and we care and we minister one to another through prayer. Amen. See, <clears throat> I'm not here to throw stones, but I am here to point out one of the most powerful tools in our arsenal. The most powerful tool that you have over Satan is prayer. The most powerful tool that you have to defeat the enemy or to, to bring down a stronghold or to cast down an imagination because nine times out of ten, the things that you're fighting are imaginary. It's in your mind. <clears throat> you know, there's been... Amen. There's been times where I've come into a group of a crowd of people and they're talking and all of a sudden they get real quiet. I'm like, why'd you get quiet when I showed up? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it's something I said. Maybe it's something I did. Or maybe it was just a coincidence. Amen. Why is it that you think that what seems to be one of the easiest and the smartest things to do when it comes to spiritual warfare is also one of the hardest things to obtain. Prayer. It's like, duh. Like Brother uh, Jason was saying about his, his situation, you just had to pray about it. Instead of just walking around and dwelling on it and thinking about what you're going to say or how you're going to say it or how you're going to approach the situation, like, well, that's not right, and I think it should be this way. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, I think I'm going to pray about that. It's the last thing that we think of to do sometimes. Why? Because we're carnal. We're flesh. We're human. We're men. We're women. We have, you know, our own way of doing things. Luke chapter 22, verses 39 through 46. You know, Jesus prayed. It says, And he came out and went, and as he was wont to the Mount of Olives, he had a desire to go to a place of prayer. And his disciples also followed him. Verse 40. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that you enter not into temptation. Everybody say flesh. Pray that you enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and he kneeled down and he prayed, saying, Father, if it be your will, if you be willing, remove this cup from me, Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him as he prayed. You want strength? It's found in prayer. It's not found in withdrawing oneself to a quiet place or pushing everybody else at arm's length. Listen, I need you, Brother Anthony. In my dark hours, I need the fellowship of the saints. I, we need each other. You know what the devil wants to do? He wants to, to try to divide us, get us alone. Amen. And being in agony, 
after he was strengthened, he prayed more earnestly. He prayed harder after he was strengthened. And his sweat was, as it were, the great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. Verse 46, and he said unto them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray. Come on now, lest you enter into temptation. 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 Our flesh does not want to pray. It, it's the last thing my flesh wants to do. Was the scripture say that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak? There's only one way to overcome your flesh. We don't like to hear this word, Brother John. It's a nasty, nasty word. You know what word I'm thinking of? No? Well, I hope so, too. I hope you're not thinking a really bad word. It's called fasting. Oh, I said it. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I went there. Our bishop said Sunday that we need to be fasting. And I said, it's true. <laughs> it's true, but that's not what my flesh wants to hear. I don't want to deny my flesh. You know, I, I like my breakfast. I like my lunch. I like my dinner. I like my snacks. But I also know that I like the uh, things that are accomplished when I pray in the Spirit. I like the results when I see people's lives be changed when I pray. Not that it's me, but it's God praying through me. But God can't pray through me if I don't allow him to. You know, the Bible says the Spirit is subject to the prophet. You know, if God wants to prophesy and I won't open my mouth, guess what? It ain't going to happen. He might use somebody else, or he might make some rocks cry out, but, you know, God will only use us the way that we allow him to. God wants to use us, but we oftentimes will push God aside and be like, no, I'm, I'm too shy, or I'm too carnal, or I did this sin, or, you know, I'm not as popular, or you should use Brother Anthony. He's always dressed so nicely, and he's got, he always matches so well, and He's a good-looking man. Sister Val, you did good. Amen. Jesus prayed. I already asked the question, how often should we pray? Acts 12.5 reads this way. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made. How often? Without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Without ceasing, prayer was made for a man who was in prison. How many of you know somebody right now that is in a prison, maybe of their own devices? Somebody who needs to be in the house of God but can't be here because they're bound by sin, alcohol, drugs, whatever it is. Their pride. The church needs to pray without ceasing to God. For them, Romans 1.9 says, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing, always I make mention of you in my prayers. There is somebody praying for you daily. 
You might not even know who they are. They could be in uh, another country, but they are praying in the Spirit for you when God calls on them to pray. There are prayer warriors that are praying in the Spirit for you. You are not alone in this battle. He said, I pray without ceasing. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 simply says in three final words, pray without ceasing. We shouldn't pray less. We should pray more. More. Parents need to pray. Elders need to pray. Saints need to pray. Children need to pray. Prayer warriors need to pray. We need to pray without ceasing. Why? Because prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. Whatever situation you're in that you face that you think is so, so monstrous, so, so hard to overcome, but you're trying to figure it out with your own mind and your own understanding and your own talent, if you would simply take the time to crucify, deny your flesh, and to pray and believe God, mountains will move. Mountains will move. Things will happen. It always ma amazes me how much you know, effort we will put into uh, taking care of things in, this natural, in the natural, things that are you know, temporary, things that are, you know, uh, how many of you guys have ever bought a car? How many of you bought another car? And another car. Why did you keep buying cars? Well, because that one broke down, that one rusted out, and the tires fell off, and the brakes went out, and the motor blew up, and the transmission went out. It's temporary. But, but, you know, I try to put the best oil in it. I always, I always rotate my tires, and I'm, you know, I'm always trying to keep it clean, and I try to stay off the bumpy roads, and I do everything I can to prolong the life of something that is going to fail me. Lots of effort goes into things that do not last. Our homes will not last. Our cars will not last. Kids, number some nice shoes. There you got the rolling. In Converse. I had some, what do they call them? Chuck Martins or something? Taylor Swift's? I don't know. Beautiful shoes that he's got there, but you know what? Them shoes will probably last you about six months. Maybe a year if you take real good care of them. If you get two years out of them, there's going to be holes somewhere. I remember my first pair of, of fancy shoes I ever got. They were called British Knights, BK Knights. Any of you that are over the age of 40 know what I'm talking about. They were the thing. You guys have no idea what I'm talking about. You're going to go Google it, though, I'm sure. And uh, they were the most comfortable, the most flashy, the most awesome shoes back in the 80s. I got them bad boys in the summer, and I was supposed to keep them for school time, and they lasted me about one month. They got water on them, and they just fell apart. Stupid shoes. Stupid shoes. Amen. We spend so much time in things that will not last, try to take care of them, try to make them last longer, but yet we'll put as little as possible into things that are eternal. The, mo the bare minimum, Brother Anthony, just to get by, you know, I know that, you know, Sunday at 2.30, 1.30 for Sunday school, 2.30 for church, I can do that. That's, that's good. We can do that. Uh, Wednesday, that's a little tougher. You ever notice how the Wednesday crowd's a little lower? 
Well, I mean, there's some people have legitimate reasons. You know, they work night shift and things happen and, you know, funerals and yada, yada, yada. But it seems like, you know, the scripture is pretty, pretty poignant when it says that the closer you get to the cross, the smaller the crowd gets. You know, when, when all the blessings are pour, being poured out on Sunday, everybody's like, yeah, fishes and loaves. Hook a brother up. Monday night, it's like, chirp, 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 crickets. It's the same 10, 15 people. God bless them. And I'm not knocking any of you that aren't there. I'm sure you got a good reason. But after I'm done preaching this message, you're going to understand a few things. And I'm sure you already do. And it, ain't, and it is not, I'm not beating anybody up. I'm trying to tell you what the most powerful tool in your toolbox is. Prayer. Prayer. We put, we put you know, we do just, just what's required. Yep, 10%. I'm not talking about ties. I'm just saying, you know, Sunday, Sunday we're there. Sunday school, yeah, we're there. You know, maybe once I can go one Wednesday a, week, a month, uh, prayer meeting, when, it, when everybody's supposed to be there, maybe if it's a communion service. And I know I'm stepping on toes, and I'm sorry, but not sorry. You want to know something? And I'm not trying to brag on myself. Though it may sound that way. I'm not. When I came to the knowledge of Christ 23 years ago, I went to church. I didn't go to one church. I went to two churches. I went Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 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 Monday, Wednesday. And then if there was a Tuesday or Thursday, I found out where else could we go to have church. I ain't doing that no more. But at the time, it was awesome because I was new, and it was all so awesome. And I wanted everything I could get of God. But prayer was paramount. I prayed, and I prayed, and I sought God, and I asked for wisdom. But I learned something early on about sacrifice and commitment. And one of the things that I did, and I've done it to this date, is I tried to remain faithful to prayer meeting on Monday nights. That does not make me better than anybody. I'm just saying it's something that I purposed in my heart that I had to do because my flesh did not want to do it, and I was going to make my flesh be obedient to the Spirit. When you control your flesh and your flesh does not control you, that's when things will begin to happen. But when you allow the flesh to control you and the Spirit takes a back, a back seat, and I'm going to get to my point in just a second. I know I'm preaching to the choir. Matthew 6, 19. It simply says this, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust does corrupt. We've covered this. And where thieves break through and steal. He said, you made my house a house of thieves. It's supposed to be a house of prayer. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Amen. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves... I said, where thieves do not break through nor steal. I want to tell you something. The devil is a thief. The devil is a thief. The devil is a thief. He wants to steal joy. He wants to steal peace. He wants to steal uh, your relationship with God. He wants to steal your marriage. He wants to steal your children. He wants to steal your wife. He wants to steal your husband. He wants to steal your pastor and your church, and he wants to kill 
and destroy. And here's the, here's the question as the musicians come that I want to ask you. And this is, I, I could have preached this whole message in five minutes, believe it or not. Here we go. Are you ready? Five minutes. Here we go. What kind of house do you want to have? What kind of home do you want to have? The message was house, or the title is House of Prayer. Do you want to have a house where the door is wide open and the enemy can attack and come in and take whatever he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants, how much he wants? What kind of a house do you want? Do you want a house where, where thieves can break in and steal and plunder and take, you know, where your treasure is? There is your heart also. Is your treasure in material possessions? Is your treasure in the things you drive? Is your treasure in what you can accumulate? Or do you want a house that is fortified with the power of your prayer? Do you want a house that has a door that is locked, that is strong, that the thief cannot come in and steal the things that are treasured in your heart? You know what should be so important to you? Souls. Let me just say this. If Jesus is praying, we should be praying too. Jesus is praying. It was his desire. He preached it. He taught it. It was, it was a desire within him. He went to the temple. He said, hey, we need to be praying. We need to be a house of prayer. And this is how I'm going to, to explain it to you in just in, in wrapping it up in an altar call. If you, want to, if you want to leave different, grab a hold of this word that says, I must be a house of prayer. Whatever it takes, if I have to crucify this flesh, if I have to miss a meal, if I have to wake up early, if I have to stay up late, if I have to you know, spend a little bit of extra time on Monday to be at prayer meeting. Now, Sister Chloe said we're supposed to pray every day without ceasing. Relationships are built upon communication. Communication, husbands and wives, the way you communicate when you first got married should, should progress. Progress. You should be able to communicate easier as the days go on. Not, it shouldn't be harder. It should be easier because your relationship grows. I mean... Don't raise your hands, husbands and wives, but it was harder at the beginning than it is at the end. They say, if you can make it past the 10-year mark, you got it. And then they say, after you make it past the 15-year, you got it. And then they say, if you can make it past the 20-year, hallelujah, you can do it. I'm not giving up. Me and my wife, I love her, and I can honestly say that our relationship has grown over the years. And the communication now it's easier now because we understand each other. We talk to each other. We relate to one another. God wants the same thing with us. He wants a relationship. He wants to, prayer without ceasing simply means that the communication, the door of communication is always open. So that when God speaks at any given moment, I can hear because he's my shepherd and I hear his voice and I listen. But when I talk back, I have confidence, Brother Anthony, that he hears my voice. God, make me a house of prayer. Your struggling can end today. 
The things that you're facing that seem so big can become so small right now through prayer, through communication, through commitment. Yes, you might have to make sacrifice. Yes, you might have to miss a meal. Yes, you might have to come to prayer meeting on Monday night. But, you, but it's your choice. God is not going to be like this and strong arm you to this altar and make you pray. Oh, God might tap you on the shoulder in the morning and say, hey, I want to pray for somebody. You want to pray with me? You could all stand. God placed this on my heart to preach to this congregation to tell you how important your prayer life is. That the things that you face you have the power to overcome. You have the power to change your situation. If you are not happy in your walk with God, you need to come back to an altar of prayer. You need to come back to a commitment of prayer. It's the hardest thing for me to do. It's not in my flesh, Brother Anthony. That's why Jesus kept telling his disciples, pray, but don't fall into temptation. Don't give in to your flesh. Don't fall asleep on the job. We got things to do. Come on, I want to help you, but you got to work with me. You got to meet me halfway. Hallelujah. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You're being held back. Don't be. Take authority. You have the power of prayer, the Spirit of God in you, to move mountains. I'm opening this altar right now to, to renew a commitment of prayer, to ask God, God, take me by the hand. Help me, God, to get past this flesh so that, God, I can have a solid, strong, open communication relationship with you that when you speak to me God I will hear you that the devil will not come in to my house and steal what you have given me God let the devil steal no more what God has done in your life in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I take authority right now over every devil in hell every lie of the enemy and I pray, God, that your word would just come down into my life, reach down into my heart. God, change me on the inside. Show me, God, what you're trying to say to my life right now, God. I need you, Lord. God, lock up my heart. Lock up the doors of my house so that the enemy cannot steal, so that the enemy cannot rob me, God, of my blessing, of my peace, of my joy. Bless these, Lord, that are praying, God. Lord Jesus, Lord, let them be a house of prayer, God. Let the importance of prayer, God, be manifest in our lives. Lord, open my understanding, God, to what you're trying to speak to my life right now. I don't want to leave, God, the same way I came. I want to leave in power. I want to leave God with your spirit in prayer. In Jesus' name. 
in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh, God, make me a house of prayer. Make my home a house of prayer. Make my family a house of prayer. Lord, when I wake up in the morning, now lay my head on that pillow. Be the first thing I think of God in the morning, the last thing I think of at night. God, be with me, Lord, every step of the way. Don't ever leave me, God. Oh, a house of prayer.